0: Want to ring the bell?
1: All right.
2: Ding, ding.
0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Two Views Movies. As usual, I am one of your hosts, Garrett.
1: And I'm the other of your hosts, Carson. And we have a special guest today. We're, we're reeling him in this year. We do, we do. One of a longtime friend. <laughs> come from uh, elementary school, taking it way back. Right. And, he, and he is one of the uh, the co-hosts of Black in the Middle podcast. Travis Brown, Welcome.
2: Hey, man. Thank you. Thank you both for having me.
0: Yeah, no problem. Glad to have you. How's things been going in your podcasting world?
2: You know, it's been really good. It's been uh, surprisingly good. You know, just in fact, the other day, uh, I think it was Saturday, I was in Bank of America in Belton and ran into somebody we went to high school with and they're like, oh, man, I like your podcast. I'm like, damn, you're listening? Uh, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Uh but appreciate you. Yeah. But, uh it's been good. It's been a lot of fun. We're doing pretty good. I can't complain. That's
0: good to hear. It's uh I know there's times where like I kind of forget we do this because it's it's so easy that you know, it's just like at least when we're talking movies, it's just like me and Carson talking and I forget that we go through like the hoops of uploading it and stuff. Yeah. So somebody will randomly say something like, Oh, I thought you liked that, or you know, heard you didn't like this movie or did whatever. I'm like how did you hear that? And they're like, I listen to your podcast. i like, Oh, right. Yes. I forgot. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's, yeah. It's, it's so hard to keep on schedule. You, you know, you do it and you forget about it. We get busy and we have episodes, man, that are just sitting there. I'm like, dude, are we going to publish this or not? Oh yeah. I forgot. So
1: anyway. well, tell, uh, tell everybody about, about your podcast. What do you guys cover there?
2: Well, it's called black in the middle and it's three guys who are just from the middle of the map, kind of in the middle Uh, you know, transitioning to the middle age and kind of in the middle of everything, your middle of your career, you know, just middle of everything. So um, we cover, we try to cover everything from pop culture. It's been a lot of political stuff over the last two years because, you know, Donald Trump gave us endless material, uh, you know, to to follow. And then, uh, you know, it's just been all kinds of other stuff that have been hard charging issues. So we've kind of gotten a, a little bit of that, but it's really about, just what's current and even what we're going through, you know, whether it's raising kids or um, making business decisions or, you know, our, our emotional attachment to, you know, even things like the Kansas City Chiefs, it could be, you know, it's a, it's it's really all over the gamut. But you're, you'll you hear three guys who have been friends for a long time who, um, who just, you know, uh, enjoy each other's company and love debating with each other
1: you guys get into some uh pretty pretty deep convos we here cover things like bullet train
2: uh, well a bullet train has layers to it so i can't wait to talk to that
1: yeah the most heated discussion we get here is uh what's going to be the future of the MCU so that's not, <laughs> not, that's as deep as 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 we go so this might be a little little light for you
0: it, it still gets a little spirited don't lie there, there's been some heated episodes that we could I go heard. back to and and point out
2: I've heard some different opinions, man, so I know there's some passion behind that.
0: Well, I'll be interested to see if we get some of those uh, today with Bullet Train, because um, I've been seeing the trailer for it for a long time, had some expectations built up in my head, and I'm definitely curious to see how they hit. Um, my uh, my son saw it, and uh, the son who abandoned us during the Nope episode, um, but... Uh, wow, he had, called him out. He's been called out at home. He's used to it. Um <laughs> But, uh, you know, he saw it last weekend when it first came out and kind of talked to me about it. And that that added to the expectations. And, you know, there's some pedigree involved here, some actors, some directors that I thought were going to lead to an amazing experience. So I'll be interested to see how you guys came out for this one um, in relation to me, too, because I definitely have some thoughts. Well,
1: hit us with the synopsis here. All right, here
0: we go. Unlucky assassin Ladybug is determined to do his job peacefully after one too many gigs gone off the rails. Fate, however, may have other plans as Ladybug's latest mission puts him on a collision course with lethal adversaries from around the globe, all with connected yet conflicting objectives on the world's fastest train. Directed by David Leach, who has done Deadpool 2, Hobbs & Shaw, Atomic Blonde. He was co-director of John Wick, but I guess for some reason didn't get credit for that one um cast we've got brad pitt joey king aaron taylor johnson brian tyree henry andrew koji hiroyuki Sonata, bad bunny and zazzy beats there's a few others in there that i left off intentionally because i didn't remember seeing them in any of the materials ending up so i'm not throwing them in the cast list so where are we going to go to start out so Travis, I don't know if you if you listened a lot, but you know we we keep it spoiler free in the beginning, so generic thoughts on how we like the movie, what we liked about it, without giving too much away, and then we let it fly in the second half, uh, and we can complain about anything we want, praise anything we want, but that's usually how we how we attack it.
2: Right on.
1: So general feelings? How'd you come out of how the theater thinking?
2: You know, for me. Um there was some mild anticipation in watching it just, you know, the trailer is Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt, um, which, you know, I'm good with him. You know, I don't like go searching for his movies. I'm not a female, but, uh, (laughs) you know, like he's cool, you know? So, you know, from Southwest Missouri, but, uh, um, so I'm like, okay, it seems, you know, fairly interesting. And as it got started, um, You know, I was kind of locked in. I couldn't follow the whole ladybug. It's funny when you say ladybug because you barely say it, hear his name. And I've never known ladybugs to be lucky, but I had neither, you know, so that was kind of a new one for me. I mean, I think all in all, though, um, the premise, it didn't take me very long to figure out that this bullet train was going to have several different layers to it that's going to bring it back to one. So I was really interested to see how that would converge and come back.
1: It's interesting you say that about Brad Pitt because I feel like Brad Pitt is universally loved, and and maybe that's that's just one of those I f- feel like everybody likes Brad Pitt. And I think he's good in everything that he does. So, I agree. I agree. I, I feel like he's one of those uh, oh, Brad Pitt movie, and then people people go.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think so. I I think there's just a difference between acknowledging that about Brad Pitt versus like Travis said, like seeking out like. I, I'm not. If something comes out on the screen, I'm not going to be like, "Oh, it's Brad Pitt." I got to go see it. It's like, okay, that's got Brad Pitt. I mean, that that might have like moved my needle, right? Like, if this had been anybody else, I might have been like, "Oh, I'm 50 50 But well, it's Brad Pitt, so maybe I'm like sixty-forty now. Like, but it's not like I got to go see everything Brad Pitt puts on the yeah. screen.
2: I <laughs> do. I do think he makes legitimate film choices. So yeah. if he is in it, I'm like, okay, there's a good chance it's going to be legitimate.
1: So, so who is that guy for you, or or lady for you that? that their name comes on screen and
2: Travis is going to go see it. You know, couple people, um, Denzel, uh, I'm a Denzel fan just because of his range, you know, like whatever, whatever he's going to be in, he's invested in. And I know that. Um, and then it used to be at a lesser level will, um, you know, some of them I won't go, but like, um, once again, the level of investment there, like, I feel like they're putting their all into it. Um, So those are two ones that come to mind. You know, Will's not popular right now, but. Uh, well, maybe. He, maybe. he didn't slap me, so yeah. uh, I'm okay. Um, And then from an actress standpoint, uh, scarlet I like Scarlet.
1: Yeah, who doesn't like Scarlet? Yeah. Everybody likes Scarlett. Well, it's yeah. funny you mentioned that about about Will because one thing we've talked about on this podcast is able to separate, you know, the the real life to the performance, and I can do that well. Uh, your personal life may be awful, you know, but if you make good movies, I still enjoy watching on screen. Some people can't do that. Some people don't like doing that. Uh, but if you're uh, one of my favorite actors, I have to be that way because he has questionable um off screen things so uh good old yeah. good old M- 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 melly gibson so yeah <laughs> yeah he, he set you up there <laughs>
2: no but you know generally i can man i can i can separate I mean, for instance, I haven't given up Bill Cosby. He's still my TV father. You know? <laughs> <laughs> as questionable as it gets. You know, I
0: mean, you guys, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't hold even on, have hold one. On. Of the... Bill Cosby <laughs> is on a different level than Mel Gibson. I don't I even mean, have one of these in the barrel for you guys. I'm sitting here trying to rack. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at. Baby Goose, I'm looking at Keanu, Adam Driver, Daniel Kaluuya. I'm thinking, I got some pretty good guys here I root for. You guys are going real dark on me.
2: <laughs> well, you know, whenever around the house, you know, Bill Cosby comes up, I always <laughs> ended with allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> so, that is, that's not popular, i tell you that.
1: Well, before we get to to Garrett and my takes, uh, I want to make sure that we recognize our sponsor for this episode, The Exit Room in Lee Summit.
3: Hey, guys. As we all start to return to normal after two years of absolute craziness, we've got an idea for something a little different for you to do with your friends and family. Something that gets you out of the house, interacting with actual human beings, and back into the world. We're proud to introduce you to The Exit Room. Go check out this incredible escape room business located in historic downtown Lee Summit, Missouri. The Exit Room is a family-owned, five-star rated, one-of-a-kind escape room experience that has been entertaining the Casey Metro area for nearly seven years now. They have five uniquely designed escape room adventures guaranteed to challenge, amuse, and even amaze you. Gather your party and come check out their friendly staff, their amazing decor, and contagious energy as you solve puzzles, riddles, and unravel mysteries. But hurry! The Exit Room is retiring two of their rooms very soon and replacing them with new adventures. Use promo code 2VIEWS at checkout for a 20% discount. That's the numeral 2 and the word VIEW, no spaces. The Exit Room. Unplug, interact, escape.
1: All right. So, Garrett, what was your first impression? Uh, first impression. <clears throat> um, I, it,
0: I very quickly... Felt like this was a mashup of two styles I had seen before, uh, both styles that I like, both directors that I like, um, Edgar Wright. So it had a little bit of the stylization of like Baby Driver, of not quite Scott Pilgrim, but that's video games. But I'm thinking of like that heightened style, like a lot of the neon, the the weird like overlays, the weird cutbacks, um, and I felt like that mashed up with a Guy Ritchie kind of style so thinking of the gentleman lock stock and two smoking barrels snatch where you've got all these characters these unique characters with different backgrounds that are like interwoven and you don't kind of know how they all come together but then at some point in the movie at the end it all comes together and I I dig both those guys I like their styles I liked this movie I liked its style I just don't think that it quite rose to the level of my favorite Edgar Wright movies or my favorite Guy Ritchie movies so it was just it felt like a I don't want to say off brand version, but just like a layer down from that. It's like it just didn't quite hit its marks. So if I were to go through and say, like, you know, give it a grade for the characters, I would say it would be. You know, comparing to The Gentleman, which we saw a few years ago, I'd say it's just slightly below that. If I was to compare the action to the fight scenes, I mean, this guy's got a good pedigree. He's done the John Wicks. He's done the Deadpool, the Atomic Blonde, right? I mean, may, may not be the best movie in the world, but Charlize Theron did amazing, had some really great choreographed fight scenes. Were the fight scenes in this great? I mean, they weren't generic like the Gray Man, but they weren't to like John Wick levels like I would like. The way the story came together with all the different characters and the plot, was it good? Yes. Did it reach the levels of that guy-richiness where everything comes together? Not quite. So my overall take is that it just felt like a slightly lesser version of things I've seen before, which I'm all for movies being remixes of things that we've seen before. And I think this had the right formula. It just didn't quite hit the mark on each of the things. So then you just end up with like this slightly... Not so great, but still a good movie with elements of things I've seen before. That's kind of where I'm at.
1: Yeah, you you mentioned Guy Ritchie, and that's probably a better comparison because I was thinking it's it's Tarantino esque uh, as far as the dialogue and the interactions of all the characters and kind of how they're interwoven, but sillier. You know, which is and Guy Ritchie, which is Guy Ritchie. So that's why uh, when you mentioned, I was like, oh, yep, yeah, that was better than what I had in the in the chamber. Um, <laughs> but that's. Uh, that's a but I, even guy Ritchie, i think it's still it's like that but then sillier you know yeah. and so it's like one, one step too silly to be uh in my mind uh one of the a great movie and so i, I think it was there cuz i was very invested in all but i think two characters and i was really interested in who they were and almost forgot like the overarching why we're even here, but I really liked a lot of the individual characters and, and their backgrounds and how they set them up. And so that, uh, and that's, that's big. Cause a lot of movies that we've seen, especially this past year or so don't invest in the care. I don't care about them, but this movie did a very good job in almost every character that was there.
2: Yeah. I did love the character development that they did and given the backstory and why they are, why they were, were where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Tarantino-esque. And so I didn't draw that parallel. I guess I was more Guy Ritchie, but um, when you say that, I see how I see where you saw that at now. Um, I thought they did a really good job in that, and that made it a little bit more interesting for me.
0: Yeah, I I think they maybe got a little too uh, broad with the number of characters. And when you do that, it just starts to pull everything so thin. You only have so much runtime to introduce everybody. Like, you know, you had to get, brad pitt and aaron taylor johnson brian tyree henry but then you got to get um the the uh japanese family in and you got to get white death in and you got to get <laughs> the wolf yeah. like there's just it, there comes a point where it's so many that it, and they didn't spend a lot of time on it but it just becomes like a giant ensemble and it starts to pull it thin. i at the core i loved brad pitt's character um even though i, I He was almost a little too stupid goofy for me. He was kind of like almost not somebody who has an assassin-type background. He seemed like a normal guy who just kind of happened to walk into the middle of things. And the whole existential crisis and psychology thing, Like that was fine in the beginning, but it just played that way throughout the whole thing. And by the end, it kind of wore thin on me that like you're just being a goofball now in the middle of all this
2: but I kind of felt like that that was his character. Like he's cool. a smash and grab type guy. So, you know, like he was filling in and, in that's, you know, and he was in a transitional phase. Yeah. And so you couple this transitional phase with a petty, petty criminal with apparently stellar skills for a, pe- a petty criminal, you know? So yeah. Um, I kind of felt like that was just kind of his, his lane or his meant to be lane. So they were really selling, exactly what you were talking about.
0: Yeah, they they 100% were. They were selling it hard too. And I think that was more my problem is that it just that that was him the entire time. Like he he didn't really have an arc, right? He was the same guy in the beginning and the same guy in the end and he just stayed the same. So he was kind of the the straight man compared to like everybody's everybody else's assassin type stuff. And and I think honestly it would have worked for me a little bit better if the jokes had just hit better. Um I didn't hate the jokes. I didn't like groan at them, but I I it never really got more than like a little chuckle out of me here and there, which if you're going to be that goofy and be that kind of silly, it it needs to get more out of me than just a little huh.
1: Okay. Yeah, and uh, I think I I liked the setup for Brad Pitt. Uh but I do think you're you're right, Garrett, when you said it kept doing the same joke uh throughout the entire movie. Uh it, w- it wasn't a new twist on it. He just kept doing the same thing. To every every character that he ran into and so that that seemed it was like okay you know do do something else uh, but i did like how he he was sort of uh the odd man out you know in this whole scenario he just <laughs> wanted to leave you know to t- type of thing everybody else had, had something that they're trying to do he's just trying trying to leave you know that was his thing and i don't know if this is a hot take or not but i think this was uh aaron taylor johnson's best movie
0: uh like, i like I, I mean hit
1: him in it like i like kick ass but i think he did the best in this okay if you're saying he acted the best in this i'm not, I'm saying, not saying the best best that. movie i'm saying he, well yeah because you're saying this that it's is better than ultron which i know you're not saying that and uh, no <laughs> i'm saying i'm saying he's better in this than he is as quicksilver you know well yeah he i will say from i'm trying to pull him up real quick just
0: because i can't as much as I love movies, I can't sit here and tell you the filmography of Aaron Taylor Johnson off the top of my head. Um, but it feels like this is one of his more dynamic characters, so he's going to stand out a little bit more. Because if I look at him and Ultron or Kickass or Godzilla, you know, he's just not given a whole lot of time to shine. They're saying he was in Tenet, and I—that is not ringing a bell. Oh, I know who he was. was Tenant, yeah, he was one of the soldiers. So, but yeah, okay, I'll I'll give you that. I'll agree with that. I think he would, this was probably his best role, and I will say that initially, when I before I kind of went on my Brad Pitt tangent, I was going to say I really enjoyed the core of Brad Pitt, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Brian Tyree Henry. Like those three mm-hmm. were great, and especially Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry. I, I could watch yeah. a whole movie of just the two of them and right. Brian Tyree Henry doing his Thomas the Tank Engine as much as he kept doing that. That was funny to me.
1: So yeah. he started with that, and I was like, "eh." But the more he did it, I I bought into it, and then I was on board because I, yeah. I wasn't at the beginning like this is kind of dumb. But I liked how it they stayed with that, and that was uh, yeah, that was good. That was really good.
2: Yeah, I, lemon and tangerine, man. I was uh, I was in on that, you know, because sometimes you just may have simple things that hit home and help you you know, process things, but it don't get much simpler than Thomas the Train. Like, <laughs> yeah. that is amazing. So. Yeah,
0: I mean, I, I've seen my fair share of Thomas growing up. My son was obsessed with him, so that when he was, like, calling out the different character flaws in the different engines, I was, me and my wife were actually just laughing hysterically because, you know, nobody likes Gordon, so when he said something about Gordon being a jerk or whatever, we were just laughing, so it... That was a case where it it stuck, but I I think where like we just said the same thing about Brad Pitt, like he kind of kept doing the same thing, and then we said Brian Tyree Henry kept doing the same thing. The difference is Brian Tyrese was funny, and he had Aaron Taylor Johnson to kind of play off of just constantly, and I think that helped it work. Whereas Brad Pitt was just kind of on his own island. But yeah, Lemon and Tangerine, I, I could I could have watched them all day.
1: Yeah, I think they they stole the show. Yeah, uh, I think that those two. uh their plot line, their background, their everything that that was the movie to me. Mhm. Agreed. Um so without giving
0: too much away, uh, the, the one of the bigger things cuz like I I'm, I've given my main critique which is kind of where I see on this whole movie, but the last like 10 minutes of this movie to me got way too big for its britches. It it didn't need to do what it did. It didn't need to go where it went. It 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 just they tried to push it too far, and action movies sometimes will often do that, right? It's like you're there, you have this nice kind of confined area, you're staying inside your box. We're, we're loving the characters, we're loving the action inside the bullet train, and then you just you just want to like turn that knob up to eleven, man. And you didn't need to go there, um, and that well, that kind of left me with a bad taste in my mouth leaving the
1: well, movie. It's like you said; they had the knob on the the turning it up to eleven, but they had the other hand on the silly knob also. So that mm-hmm. was like they couldn't help but twist them both, you know. And t- at the end, and it's like you are taking me out of what seemed like a very real movie. Mm-hmm. Real, I put in quotes, but <laughs> you sure. you it, it got ridiculous, you know, with, with over the top, I guess. And so that that really pulled me out at the end when you don't want to do that and mm-hmm. so it got 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 a little silly with the dialogue and the effects and and what all happened there
2: yeah yeah i agree i think it got a little extra at the end but i love how it ended ended so yes i thought well, it ended but it was great i, I was <laughs> that was one of my favorite parts of the whole movie
1: <laughs> okay okay. Right. so out of five what would you give this out of five travis
2: you know, out of five, I got like three and a half. Um three and a half out of five. I thought it was good. I was entertained. Um, I think yes, had some redundancy there from things that I've seen before. Um, so the you know, you take a little way a couple points for originality. Um, but you know, for um I would call it a good movie, not a great movie.
1: Garrett.
0: I debated for a very long time between three and three and a half um i ended up landing on a three but i feel like if i watch it again i could easily be at a three and a half um it's definitely not below a three and it's definitely not a four for me so like travis was just saying it's right in that lane of good solid i would tell somebody to watch it but i'm not gonna like gush over it and stuff um and i i think i think i actually will probably get to a three and a half the next time i see it just because of the things we've talked about I, i did really like Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry. I think I'll be able to set aside some of my expectations, set aside some of the silliness, and just get past it. And I think it'll improve because the characters are pretty cool. Um, I wish it had better action. I, you know how I am for that. I just I, I want my good choreographed action and all that <laughs> stuff. And and this wasn't bad, but it just wasn't anything where. I, thinking back on it now, I am going to steal a Carson line. I don't remember a single fight scene. Right? Like I, I say that. I mean, I, I, I remember who fought who, and I remember some of the things, but like. There's not that one scene where I'm like, oh, man, I got to see it again because those moves they did or the way he killed that guy was just incredible. I I don't have those in this movie. So I'm at a three, but I I see myself going back and forth between three, three and a half as I watch this movie more.
1: So I was bouncing between three and a half and a four, and I think that's basically from we haven't had a lot of great movies this year, and I really enjoyed myself through most of the movie. And so Top Gun Maverick, I think, is – Head and shoulders above every movie that we've seen so far this year, uh, and then this was just very entertaining. Now, I I enjoyed most of it. It does have issues that are there, um, and some things that bother me that we'll get to here in a in a couple minutes. But I think uh, I think I'm landing on a three and a half. But I wouldn't fault anyone with a four. Uh, it's a fun it's a fun movie. Yeah. I think part of me being at a three is just
0: the disappointment from the little bit of the hype, right? Um, I thought this was going to be Brad Pitt's John Wick movie, and it kind of wasn't. Um, I-, I love neon soaked stuff. I like martial arts. I like Asian <laughs> culture, so like it was all it was all there for me, right? It was very much a Garrett movie to be had, and so when it just kind of didn't tick all the boxes, I probably punished it a little bit unfairly, walking out of the movie. So that's why I think I can see myself getting to like a three and a half gotcha anything else
1: before we get to spoilers I'm ready No. let's do it alright
3: this is your last chance after this there is no turning back
0: you sound like you were chomping at the bit Carson what you got for
1: spoilers Well, uh, I was going to go back to the characters. So I really enjoyed all the characters, except for uh, Joey King as Prince. Uh, I did not enjoy her story arc and even where it it ended. Uh, I didn't like any of that. Um, And I I don't know if the problem was she was playing against... uh, Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce his last. Andrew Kojoy, Koji. Does it look like Koji? We'll roll with that. Koji, we'll go Koji. Uh, Because I feel like he was in a different movie. I feel like he, and I know that his, he's worried about his son in the hospital, and so he's uber serious the entire time. So there's no, uh, there's no joking around. There's no funny interactions. He's, you're holding my son hostage, and he's acting the way he's supposed to. She's kind of silly, and so it seemed like a like those two were conflicting when everything else in the, on the train and, and the was, was going really well. Uh, like they all were on the same page with one another and those two kind of butt heads. Uh So that's, that's kind of my, my little story arc that I didn't like, but anytime you put uh, Sonata on there, you know, he's going to do something cool. You know, you don't cast him and have him not do something cool. You know, you're just waiting for him to get on the train and, and cut somebody up with a sword. Yeah, I would love to see the number of movies he has where he has a sword
0: because I know he's all in some of, movies all, where all of he, them. <laughs> <laughs> he's in Sunshine, and that's a horror movie in space. But he might get a sword in that. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's got one
1: on him, whether he pulls <laughs> yeah. it out or not. He's even always in real life. A, <laughs> <laughs> he's always carrying a sword. Yeah,
0: the Joey King. I, I agree with you. If I had to rank all my characters, I mean, even down to like Zazie Beetz who were in spoiler. So she's not even in this more than like three minutes. I would still rank my like for Zazie Beetz way ahead of uh, Joey King. Cause even when Joey King plays opposite Brian Tyree Henry, who's clearly more goofy in this movie, um, it still didn't work then. I I just, her scenes for me, I I'm with you. Just, I don't know. I I wasn't feeling that character for whatever reason.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, I had trouble with the arc. Like I had trouble understanding why she was there. Um, Like if everybody on that train is, is uh, a piece that has been invited um, by um, what's his name? White, uh, white death. Yeah. White death. If, how did she intercept that? Is it because she knew her brother got kidnapped? I'm not sure, but it didn't make sense for her to be there. Like it makes sense for her to take over. Um, after they expl- after she explains herself, but it doesn't make sense that she would be in that battle royale or be signing up for that to begin with.
0: And I think you're touching on something there that it goes back to my original point, which is like Guy Ritchie bit a little less when it all finally came together and they lay it all out on the table for you. It didn't feel like it kind of quite fit perfectly, right? It felt like it was close and close enough to where like the general audience is just going to be like, "Yeah, okay, fine," but like. Guy Ritchie movies when they work had this really great way of just like absolutely clicking for you in the end and everything just fits perfectly and everything comes together and you're laughing and you're like, Oh wow. At the same time. And this one just kind of like two gears just kind of got stuck instead of working together perfectly. So I I think you're onto
1: something there. Okay. You mentioned Zazie beats. So I have to do my aside here. So the premise of two of these characters are being lucky and being unlucky. And so you're like, yeah, my my brain as a as a marvel fan and a deadpool fan and you know i'm already thinking okay it's kind of like domino but no they don't have a monopoly on luck you know it's like so whatever you know so they're going through this uh, lucky and lucky things happen and people are dying because of luck and then uh but then zazzy beats is in the movie and i'm like okay cast somebody else i, yeah. I really like zazzy beats but then you really brought okay you're using domino's powers <laughs> you know of as lucky and then you put her in the movie you know i didn't now, even put uh, that
0: that together i mean that's a good catch uh,
1: and i was like oh and there's domino who that's her entire thing in deadpool 2 is is she's lucky and i was like yeah okay because they they lean on the luck really hard you know and then you it's like maybe maybe this one isn't the one that you take the script for you know zazzy <laughs> why you know, is she not gonna to... take the script though that's not on zazzy that's not, that's on the casting well, people well, but, I mean, but why even take this? It's it's a minute and a half of, of Zazzy. I mean, but, clearly
0: David Leitch likes her. She's in Deadpool 2. Well, yeah, too. how She's can you not?
1: USA. Well, yeah. I would rather her be be lucky and be a uh, prince, you know, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> and make her do that. Sure. But be lucky again. Just only be lucky in those movies. Yeah. But that was my, my aside on, on her. I, I like her, uh, but I didn't want her in this movie if that's where they're going to lean on the luck again. Yeah. She needed more screen time. I, I, I don't
0: don't like seeing her get a whole like two or three minutes of screen time. That just seems like a waste.
1: So I want to get into uh the white the white death here. Okay. So I feel like they had a good setup almost. Um and, and I I was feeling really strong uh Kaiser Sose storytelling you know, coming from it of why isn't this working when that works well? Cause what the biggest thing I think when you're trying to set up a villain is you have somebody else tell their story, you know, and, and, and I don't think the way they told it, even if it's the exact same story, uh, I think it was a cool story and a cool background to set up why, how this white death guy killed people and, and became this, this legend, uh, but I don't think it was told quite right to make you think this guy's really cool or really scary i right.
2: yeah. that- i I agree with that i you could tell that he was he was a bit of a badass, but I didn't think that he was as villainous as they could have made him. They could have definitely played up on that a little bit more. I mean he took over you know. Um, it he took over. I forget what they called that, but they took he took that over. But it really could have been a whole lot more to that. I think they left some fruit some food on the table with that. I agree.
0: Yep, same. I, I think they 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 checked the boxes, but they didn't do enough to really make you go beyond that and really feel like this guy was going to be something awesome. I mean, you knew it was going to be somebody we knew because they kept hiding his face from you the entire movie. So. <laughs> I mean, one of the worst things I think you can do in a movie is hide a guy's face for the entire time and ends up being like a no-name actor because you're like, why did you make me think the whole
1: time it was going to be somebody? In this case, they did make it somebody, which was good. Okay. Um, well, on that, how can you do that and do that well? Because I know you... I know, Garrett, did you know Michael Shannon was in this? No, I didn't. Okay, That's why so I didn't you, put him in the cast because I didn't so, know. So your whole time that you're you you've acknowledged that they're hiding his face you're wondering who they're putting there right yeah mm-hmm. and so uh, i was i was doing the same and it was who could they put there that i'm not gonna be disappointed with and so i'm already rolling through my head michael shannon is, is a fine choice he's mm-hmm. not a disappointing choice i like him and he's an evil type guy but it's not a Oh my gosh, it's it's the white death. But I don't know who that would have been, so I don't have a better yeah. choice for that. You know, anybody I would have chose would have probably been cheesy. You know, and I don't know who that would have been. Like wow, like the So if you build up this guy, we're not seeing his face, and then you finally reveal the actor. I don't know who that actor could have been. That would have I would have
2: loved. Uh, that's I mean, that's a undercurrent for this whole movie though. Is they kept trying to stash cards away and. Then they would try to slide those in later. So it was very much so a lack of transparency, and that was a part of the part of the plot. So you know, I think that they—I don't know who else you would do. I was trying to think as you were saying that, like who is who would be the ultimate player of that role? But um, definitely, definitely trying to sell the point of, oh, uh, I know you didn't see this coming. Bam! Here comes another face card for you. So
0: yeah, I—I I don't know. I was doing the guessing game as well. I—I I actually thought it was going to end up being Keanu, not because I wanted it to be, but because he had a connection to the guys from the John wick series. And you could tell it, it seemed like the guy, well, they said he was from Russia, right? So you kind of right. had the impression that he was white. So he wasn't going to be well. His his name somebody... was the white death. Cause he was, well, white. sure. So like, you know, you were already
2: the brother to do that.
0: So, I mean, that that's the only name I could come up with because it just felt like it might actually fit. Um, but I, even then, like, you just you you really walk a tightrope as a director when you do that because you're letting the audience fill in, you know, they're putting in the face that they want to do. It's kind of like reading a book, right? You read a book, you picture the character in your head, and then when you go to see the movie, if it's not who you pictured in your head, you have a hard time disassociating that. It's mm-hmm. kind of like this. You 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 start the the wheels start turning. Who is this? Who is this? They're keeping their face from me. I think it's gonna be Keanu, and then it's Michael Shannon, and you're like, Okay, well that's not what I had pictured, but okay. I also think the other problem with Michael Shannon is that dude does rage better than anybody else. Like he, he would like legit terrify me if he yelled at me in real life. But that's not how this character was, right? The character was more he was behind a mask, he was all through his actions, it was kind of tough guy ish. And that's that's not that's not why you cast Michael Shannon. You cast him to get angry and yell at people.
1: Yeah. Oh <laughs> so like I mentioned the, the Kaiser Soze when they were kind of doing his backstory so i was looking for everybody on the train like looking at their hands to see if there's tattoos on their hands like is it going to be somebody we've already met is the white death somewhere on this train and so i was kind of going back through my head of i hope it's not like that i hope it's not somebody we met i wanted to be somebody different but i had no idea who i would have been like yes it's that guy. That's hey, a, well. I mean, if it
0: was
2: the rock, it's Matt Damon.
0: Cool,
1: <laughs> cool. He's the one. That. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, okay. So we're we're on the topic of you know cast reveals and stuff. So let like let's just go ahead and hit the the cameos here, right? We got a random Ryan Reynolds. We got a random Channing Tatum, and we got a random Sandra Bullock. Did did any of those three do anything for you guys?
2: No, but. I will say that I thought it was interesting and I kind of appreciate it. Um, how it was kind of a return of a favor, you know, from Lost City, mm-hmm. you know. So <laughs> you know, Brad Pitt comes in there in Lost City and plays a little, you know, uh, cameo appearance. And I felt like Ryan Reynolds and uh, San- not Ryan Reynolds, but Channing Tatum and uh, Sandra Bullock returned the favor on that one.
0: I definitely felt like that was something brewed up on the set of that movie, right? Like, yeah. all right, what are you guys doing today? You got something to do? Yeah. Come over here. Well, yeah, and it was coming... a little bit of payback, too, for Deadpool 2, right? Because Brad Pitt had a two-second appearance in not, Deadpool Not two. even. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> well, well, it's yeah. funny. I was thinking the same thing with Lost City of were they doing reshoots over here and just walk across the studio and, and hey, cameo in my movie over here? Yeah. That's what it felt like. <laughs>
2: Yeah. That's cool. You know, it's, uh, it's, it, I appreciated it. I, I mean, I thought it was cool, but I, I mean, did it do anything for me? No, but um, I thought it was good. that It shows that fraternity or, or that uh, brotherhood slash sisterhood. Yep, did you sure.
1: recognize her voice
2: off the bat? Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was her. Oh, you it, did? It, Damn. Uh, yeah. It
1: sounded at first like Julie Roberts to me. And I don't know if I was getting Ocean's 11, you know, you know, seeing Brad Pitt and talking to the ear, and that's what I was kind of thinking. Then, and then I, I remembered my wife mentioned, oh, Sandra Bullock's in this movie. You know, I guess she was in a trailer uh, that yeah. she saw. She goes, yeah. she goes, I oh, wish she was. I, she, go, <laughs> yeah, she goes, she goes, I wish. She goes, I wish I didn't know that Sandra Bullock. Now I kind of feel like it's going to be cheesy, you know. And so, um, then I I had remembered that she had said that before we had gone to the movie, and I was like, okay, that's that's Sandra. I, I hear her now. That's crazy. As much
0: as I've seen the trailer for this movie before other movies. I've only seen the same trailer. I've never seen a TV spot that I paid attention to. I've same. never seen trailer 2 or 3 or whatever it is. So like I didn't know Michael Shannon, I didn't know Sandra Bullock. I'd only ever seen the same things, which is kind of how I like it. I'm kind of in the mode these days where it's like I want to see one trailer and that's it. Um you know, we talked about it with Nope. Trailer 2 for Nope just kind of did not sit well with me. Um and it really made me question what what, what it was going into it. I just I know I've preached on this show before that I want to go no trailer. I don't know that I can go full no trailer. Um, that's really hard yeah. to do. But I think I'm I i think I'm setting a bar for myself that my stance is initial trailer and I'm out. Which, I mean, it takes ridiculous lengths to do this, right? Like, especially we're getting into football season and there's going to be... So, I mean, I'm literally <laughs> going to have to be like putting my fingers in my ear and looking away from the TV, acting like a little child to like avoid the constant stream of tv spots and when i go see a movie i have five previews i have to ignore like i'm gonna have to be stepping out in the lobby and telling the kids like hey text me when trailers are over right like i have to commit to this thing And <laughs> that's a lot of work yeah. i don't know if i feel up to it
2: <laughs> i think i gotta have the trailer just because my trust with hollywood right now is wavering you know we've uh you know it's not like they're not trying but to me they're not trying they're they really rehash a lot of a lot of old things i'm really tired of the recycling um so i gotta get some kind of steam built up before i can before i can dive in this one did it for me i was interested in seeing this one so when you all said hey you know this might be the one for you i was like well, this is on my list so cool um, <laughs> but uh um yeah you know me and hollywood we got some things to talk about i want some more originality yeah i want some more creativity i don't know what we got to do to do that but
0: well if you are if you're feeling that way, I would suggest you not look at the next three months of movies because <laughs> it's not looking very good. I I've gone through it like every other week. I kind of look ahead and like, what are we going to talk about later this year? And like, I am not seeing a lot of stuff that I am excited about. There's a few here and there, but usually you start to get into like September and November, and you're like, damn, there's like three or four. We're gonna have to pick
1: a couple of these to go. Now it's like, oh, I guess I'll go see that. So yeah. there was a teaser for beast with Idris and, yeah. uh, and I was like, oh, okay, uh, I'm in, you got lions, you know, you got, you got Idris. And, uh, then I saw a second trailer and it's, <laughs> it's, it's the ghost in the darkness. It is a remake of the ghost in the Darkness, which I love. I love that. And I still probably see it, you know, but, it's it, it. looked like it was going to be shot for shot, pretty much of the same story, just more modern than the Ghosts in the Darkness with Val Kilmer and Michael Douglas. <laughs>
2: that frustrates me. Did it you really guys hurt. get a
1: trailer for uh,
0: that Viola Davis Warrior movie though? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, well, that caught me by surprise. Like, what the hell is this? Like, and, and then I got Black Panther right after. it. I'm like, okay. I mean, like,
1: <laughs> I mean, it kind
0: of felt like not like a spinoff, but it's kind of it, it. Like, she. It felt like they took. The Wakandan warriors, and we're like, okay, but there's a kind of a true story here we can make, and they did that. So I, I mean, she walked out, and she's like, kind of jacked, and I
2: was like, this is Viola Davis, okay? Yeah. I'm like, how the hell did Viola Davis get jacked? Yeah. Like, well, and
1: she's not young, right? I
0: mean, no, she's not.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, it's what's disappointing, probably to that story, is that Black Panther had already come out. You right. know, so, so then when you see this, you immediately think, okay, this is just Black Panther. I'm like, no, th- no, hey, we're, we're trying to tell you this is a true story <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that happened. It's You're like, moment. yeah, this is a spinoff of Black Panther. Yeah. And that's what, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it looks like. <laughs> fiction. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. So Travis, you said something earlier in the spoiler free section. I want to make sure you got time to come back and to, back around to you said you loved the absolute ending of this movie. So what were you, what were you talking about there?
2: So, you know, we're sitting there and we're looking at um, Joey King and she's got the gun and, you know, she's about to now take the throne and her opinion and stuff like that. But when T- when Lemon jumped off uh, the train, I just knew he wasn't dead, even though black people can't swim. I just knew he wasn't <laughs> dead. <laughs> and so I was like, I, I, I wanted I figured he would come back around somehow, um, but for him to, you know, get to safety, find a tangerine truck of all things, right. <laughs> and come through when the tangerine ch- truck, and and kill her, uh, amazing. Yeah, I, I, I thought that that was a very nice touch at the end. So uh, it was one of the few times I was truly surprised because I wasn't surprised. I could predict what was going to happen throughout for the most part. Um, but like, that's one thing I did not see coming.
1: Well, that end redeemed itself because she's staying there. She gets hit, by, gets hit by a truck and you're like, that's pretty stupid to me. And then, yeah. you know, it happened to be a tangerine truck, you know, cause it falls, something falls hmm. out and, and I'm like, okay. But then the fact that it was him and I was like, oh, okay, yeah. that that's better. That that that's makes perfect. me feel better, but I I did that's not perfect. like oh just randomly get hit by a drug, and that's how yeah big bad that's how they get out of it like that's that's dumb you know but see I'm glad, I, that, I'm glad one, they
0: circled back with that that one threw me for a little bit of a loop because I was it was so late in the movie when he jumped out of the train that I just assumed like all right they just they want him around for a sequel so like when Bullet right. Train two comes out <laughs> he'll be back when everybody thought he was dead so I did not expect that he was going to be the one driving the truck to hit her. So that that to me was maybe like the most Guy Ritchie moment of the whole movie because that's exactly the kind of stuff he does, right? It's like, how did they all get out of this? It's because something that happened 10 minutes ago that you didn't quite think about is now right back in front of your face. And I agree with you. I thought that worked. And truthfully, I thought it helped leave with a better taste in my mouth because the whole train wreck stuff <laughs> to me was like, not even a metaphorical train wreck. Like I didn't like that they took it that far and had Brad Pitt flying slow-mo through a crashing train. All the people on the train lived despite they were on a bullet train going 200 whatever miles an hour. Like that was just a level that it didn't need to go. And all you needed to do, because it didn't really serve a purpose, you just needed to get them all off the train, right? You could have found a way to get them off the train without going that far. And um, so I, I did not like the train wreck, but yes, I do like how it all came to end. And the Tangerine truck was just a you know, icing on the cake.
1: So I have to, right before that, So I did not like that, but it already put a, I was already in a kind of a bad mood from, I need a hero, you know, during the sword fight scene. Uh, I'm like, here's, you know, the white death, you know, then they're they're fighting with swords and you get, and and that's the song that, that we choose to go with. And then you follow it up with, the slow mo, Brad Pitt flying through a, a a train, you know, making these facial expressions. All the, I mean, the, the whole that whole ending, like, dang it, like this was almost good right here, and I I just disliked that whole choice. But that because song you when they're filming it, that that song was in line with the rest of the movie, right? I mean, I
0: I, I actually thought at some point they were going to tap into like the fact that they were kind of toying with Japanese karaoke here, because that's kind of what it felt like it was, right? You heard Staying Alive, but the lyrics were all in Japanese, and I Need a Hero, the whole song wasn't in English. It was in right. Japanese. So I, I felt at some point we were going to end up in a Japanese karaoke bar. But like, I get your point that you would have liked to have seen better music, but what they had laid out throughout the whole movie of these random pop songs in Japanese, I mean,
1: that was in line with the style they had committed to. Well there's certain songs that are are played out in movies I think yeah. and I think that that's one of them. Well I don't think they were being serious. I think they were trying to be goofy with it. I don't think they were legit well, playing that's, that. Well that's that's the problem. Sure. Uh, that's the problem. And <laughs> and that but that those weren't neither one of them were goofy characters. So it's not like right. Brad Pitt was being goofy or you know and, and during during that his fight that was going on mm-hmm. it was I'm avenging you know, my family's death with this sword <laughs> against this guy we painted as the biggest bad guy, you know, and then
2: you cheese it a up very, like that. Very lighthearted, cheesy song to go with that. I agree. Yeah, It's like, I would have liked something a little bit more climactic yeah. of a song. Yeah, definitely. Because you knew how a fight scene was going to end up. Like you knew that I like to call him Kenji uh, from uh, Rush Hour. Three. Uh, You knew Kenji was going to come out on top, man. So, um, yeah, I agree with you on that one.
0: It's a tough balance to strike as a director, right? Because you run the risk of either you got to commit to it and stick with your guns or because if you go too tonally different, then people are going to say, "Why did you change your tone?" You know, you were you were goofy for ninety percent of the movie, and then you try to get all serious here at the end. Like that doesn't really work. So you have to strike that right balance. So I I'm sure that there was probably a popish, popular song that could have been chosen that didn't quite go as far as you know we need a hero, but that could have still felt appropriate for the scene.
1: They did give uh, Scorpion a chance to do some comedy of, I'm going to tell you a story, you know, Oh, Brad Pitt the back back and forth. And I was like, I was like, but his son never got any, any of that. So he never got any sort of playful banter throughout the entire movie. And that, that was his little bit of a window uh, with, with Brad Pitt of, let me tell you a story. It's a small yeah. story. It's a short story. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> yeah.
0: See, and that stuff works because it wasn't him talking about therapy for the 800th time. Like that little yeah. back and forth works. Right. Um, but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I. Uh, it's all right there for the taking. It's kind of like my my summary of this movie. It was all right there. They had the right elements. They just didn't quite, you know, they were, they were bogey, double bogey. You know, instead of like par birdie all the way through, right? Like they, they had it. They had the right game plan. They had it all there. They had the style. They had the actors. They had the action. They had the jokes. They just it's like they missed every single like off the upright, every single time. You're just like you're you're inches away
2: from having a really,
0: really good movie here.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that. I I still nevertheless thought I found it entertaining. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like, uh, even though uh, I found it, you know, pretty predictable for the most part, um, I I still found it entertaining. But I felt like just with every scene, you know, that could have been a little bit more funny or it could have been a little bit more uh, punctuated with some of the different, uh, um, you know, interactions. But, you know, all in all, I still found it entertaining.
1: Agreed. So I absolutely despise prequels. Like, I don't want anything to do with him because they have no stakes. You know, they nothing's going to happen to this guy. Cause I've already seen him in something later, but the lemon and tangerine movie. I mean, that that's something I'd, I'd sign up for. Like it's too bad that they, they killed one off. Yeah. You, you can't, you can't have that, but you know, two, two brothers, you know, <laughs> the twins, is that <laughs> yeah, the, the twins? twins. The um, twins yeah, and, uh, I mean, that's, that's the movie uh that that's what i enjoy every time they came back to them and i loved how they started with him and then each interaction like with brad pitt or with joey like they split up so i still got them in other scenes so i got one of them at least you know over here and then they got them back together and so that that was the movie i think that was the win for for me and and that's what i'm carrying to this three and a
2: half rating this is funny like i I haven't seen brothers like that or twins like that since Money Train.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also on a train.
0: Yeah. Also right. on a train, <laughs> yeah. man. That's what I actually asked Carson uh uh after he had seen the movie. I was like, Well, what did you think? Was it at least better than Money Train? He's like, Yes, it was better <laughs> than Money Train. <laughs> yes,
1: the answer is yes. <laughs> Most things are better than Money Train. <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know. Matt Larson really hones in on that uh naked J Lo
1: scene he does he does <laughs>
2: <laughs> i think
1: his uh vcr was
0: was broken from stomping that <laughs>
2: all
0: right fellas we got anything else to add on this one before we're done uh,
2: no nah, i i think the only thing i would uh i would say about it is um it was uh it was good to see um uh, it, I mean, I, I really did think it was good. It was good to see, once again, the camaraderie amongst the actors, because I thought Channing Tatum did a good job in his short little period of time being funny. Um, but I really think that uh, I, I mean, I would recommend people go check it out um, personally.
1: Yep,
0: I agree. It, it's one of those that I, I would recommend to people. I, I I don't know. I've seen some ratings online where people have said, like, one star, two star. I'm like, really? Like You really yeah. thought that was that bad? Like, come on. That's a bit aggressive. Like, I feel like it's a good between like two and a half and four, which is, you know, when you're in the movie recommending business to tell people and family and friends like, should you go see it? I'm like, yeah. I mean, I even told my mom to go see it. I'm like, you know, I think you'll get a kick out of it.
1: Yeah, I think this is I mean, it may be a little violent for some people. True. But I think this is another one that has mass appeal. Um and truly, I'm gonna go back to to Maverick. I don't think there's a, a more mass appeal movie. That I can't even I can even think of than Top Gun Maverick, uh, but this this has that same kind of I think a lot of people will enjoy that because uh, there's somebody on the train I feel like they would they can relate to and and, and enjoy yeah
2: agreed yeah well, I think after after seeing it I wanted to go watch more Thomas the Train <laughs> I wanted to see exactly what he learned about people. <laughs>
0: All right, fellas. Well, Travis, why don't you tell everybody where they can find your podcast at?
2: Well, a uh, podcast is called Black in the Middle, um, and you can find episodes just about weekly, something like weekly. We try to do it weekly, but it's not 100% from the field, and you can find it on Apple or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Cool. Thank you for joining. We'll have to get you back on again. Good time. Hey, man, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's always fun to hang out with you both. Um, and uh, it's, and this has been a blast, so thank you. Awesome. Carson,
0: where can they find you on Twitter?
2: At Carson Graff, G R A F F. You can find me at, at Two
0: Views Garrett, G A R R E T T. You can find our show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at, at Two Views Movies, or you can email us at Two Views Movies at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show via Apple, Google, Spotify, basically anywhere you listen, we are there. I am not sure what September holds for us. Um,
1: Oh, well, I think Kai is out. We still got uh, one more in August. I think oh, we're gonna do. to do do prey.
0: Yeah. Yes. We, we need to cover prey, um, which I'm excited to talk about. Uh, Travis, did you see prey yet? I have not.
1: It's a it's a Hulu original. It's uh in the predator line. Yeah,
0: predators in Native America. That's all. That's all you get. That's that's the yeah. teaser don't bother watching a trailer that's it
2: all right i don't need it now yeah exactly you you, you just got it
0: you just got it yeah (laughs) all right so predator or no prey coming up for us next and then we'll worry about september which is like i said earlier some slim picking so we're, we're gonna get creative in september but uh travis thank you again we will catch everybody next time
3: What should we do next? Something good? Something bad? Bit of both? Bit of both!